0: Hello everyone, my name is Gunnar, and uh, today I want to share my story with you. Like so many testimonies, mine goes back to my childhood. Uh, I was not raised a Christian. Christ was not a part of my life at all growing up. Um, And any kind of religion in the institutional or communal sense was distant and inconsistent at best. Um, I went to church a couple times when I was a kid didn't leave an impression. Um, I had a few family members who would come around twice a year that would try to push Christ and my family mostly scoffed at them and I certainly followed that. Uh, My mom as she became older kind of went more in the way of New Age philosophy. My dad was an agnostic his entire life and as I got older the word atheist started getting thrown around a lot more. And I can remember uh, in the 8th grade, sitting in class, just pondering, and the thought coming to me, I'm an atheist. And the identity was made. And when an identity like that is made, the ego latches on, and you have to start defending it. You have to start looking into ways to prove it. And so I did. Like Since I was 13, 14 years old, I started studying philosophy. I started studying uh, physics and all these high concepts on how to defend my disbelief in God. But something funny kind of started happening, which was I got really interested in these concepts, but no one wanted to talk about them except Christians. So by the time I was in high school, all of my friends were Christians. Um, and I really started getting exposed to. What Christianity does to a person. And in a way, I started kind of envying, uh, the personal transformations that people were having. As I got later into high school, around 17, um, I really started to learn that you reap what you sow. And what I had been sowing was jealousy, um, anger, irresponsibility, uh, and just doubt. And what I reaped from that, was uh, existential dread. I had no basis for morality. I had no basis for responsibility, for meaning, a genuine sense of happiness, and it started terrifying me. And see, October of uh, 2014, I went to my brother's graduation from boot camp in the army, and a minister came up. And he read from uh, the book of Psalms. And I can't tell you what which one it was. Uh, I really wish I knew. I hope that one day when I go to heaven, God is like, hey, this is it. And it's like, all right, thank God. There we go. Now I can study this for eternity out of gratitude. Um, but when he read it, the poetry of it just like, it really touched me. And it kind of was like, Beckoning to me like this is, this is the healing that you're looking for, and so I went to my best friend Andrew Ortiz and I said, "Hey, can I join you in church?" And of course he said, "Go you know, right on ahead." We planned on November 1st. Uh, it was a Saturday night service, being my first day, um, and throughout the month, that existential dread grew to unbearable levels, and finally, when I went to church, all I could do was cry. Uh, It was cathartic, but the tears were unending. But it did feel good. And as I started going every single week, as I started getting involved in the community and the friendships and people started taking me in with open arms, I really started feeling God's love. I didn't hear him. I didn't have a rational uh, proof or reason to follow him but I started feeling his transformative love and before I knew it I had gotten involved in a discipleship ministry and I gave my life to Christ Um, and since then he has opened so many doors so that I can these interests of mine philosophy, physics, psychology all these things he's really opened the doors so I can see the ways that he works through those things the ways that they prove his existence and point to him And over the past five and a half years now, I look back now and I just see all the ways that he's changed me. He's softened my heart. He's given me meaning and responsibility in life. Um, He's given me direction and a calling. And above all, he's giving me self-esteem and love and purpose. And it's miraculous looking back on the past five and a half years but I know that going forward, if I just keep my eyes on Christ, if I just keep walking in this journey, and I'm going to look back in another five years, another 10 years and 50 years, and I'm going to look so distinguished from who I am now, from who I was five years ago, from who I am in 10 years. This is just an unending journey. And that is why Christ always has me. Thank you for listening.
1: Before we begin I just want us to start with prayer right now just drop whatever you're doing and like you can look towards tv or you could be listening or if you're in your car just stop what you're doing and just focus in right now and I want to ask you just to pray with me it doesn't matter if you're alone or if you're with your spouse or in family or if you're with your roommate I want you to ask God to speak to your heart right now that he would reveal things about you that you maybe haven't seen or realized. And so even right now, even you can say it out loud, but uh, I just want you to ask God to speak to your heart through his word, reveal things about your life so that he could set you free. So just take a moment right now. Speak it out loud. Ask for his grace and for his wisdom. Now let's begin with just reading James together. I'm gonna to put it on the screen uh, as well. I want you to bring it out on your phone. James chapter one, 19 to 27. Uh, I want you to hear it, but I want you to read it. Read it out loud with me and also share in the comments, maybe little nuggets that uh, God is speaking to you, already revealing in you, maybe uh, thoughts or uh, pictures or just words that really stick out. Just put that in the comments below as we read. James one nineteen to 27 and it and it reads like this understand this my brothers and sisters you must all be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry or get angry human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God that has been planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're just fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror, just this reflection, right? And you see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself, and the religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphan and the widow in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Thank you for reading that out loud. I hope you did. If you're new, my name is John, and I'm uh, just glad you're here watching and listening. I really believe that James. It makes so much sense right now in the storms of life, in the unknowns of life. These are the moments when the Word of God can really take root and really grow in your life, maturing, right? And I know we're at the end of phase one, and I just want to say just continue to be wise. Continue to just uh, just be smart and, and be safe, right? Uh, but also, I want you to not forget to take advantage of these moments in life where life is really, really slowed down and gotten simpler and all the things that we normally do, all the running that we normally do, going to this, going to that event, eating out here, eating out there, going to our child's game, going to the instrument practice, whatever it is, we're not doing all that. So we, this is a moment that we can really reevaluate what matters and, and take advantage of the slowness, right, that, that God has, you could say, even gifted some of you guys, So ask yourself, like, what is keeping you from God? Number two, are you living out your purpose? How is the Holy Spirit leading you these days? And what are some things that you know you must do that you have been pushing away? listen hurry has a way of really distracting us from things that we need to do that we must do what matters most and it keeps us running on this hamster wheel really think like we're getting somewhere but we're just standing still and that's what the book of james says he wants a faith not just that is there but he wants a faith that works See James was the little brother of Jesus who didn't follow Jesus in the beginning. He was a Jesus denier in most of his life, right? And then then this guy he after the resurrection and goes all in and he becomes one of the key pioneers of the church of Jesus, the movement of Jesus in the very city that Jesus was murdered in. James is hardcore, man, and you can feel it in his writings, right? You can feel it. See, the first week we talked about external trials, trials in the storms, trials that you go through that may be not in your control, trials that like a uh, just are on you, right? That affects you from the outside. You know, Secondly, we talked about internal trials, trials from desires that we have, things that come to mind, right? Trials from unchecked temptations and desires that are unsubmitted to God leads to sin, James says, and sin will ultimately lead to death, a life completely apart from God and at the end, eternal death and separation. James is just telling us straight, And at the end of all this, he says, everything we need, everything that matters, every good and perfect gift is from above, from the breath in your lungs, right? Uh, From uh, from, uh, the elemental bonds that makes you whole, like makes you a person, right? Uh, To the power that expands the universe, to the simple colors of spring that you're looking around you, uh, to the beauty of the sunrise, to the intricacy of a leaf, right? Just looking at the beauty of all that, Just seeing all this, you can say, man, God loves us. God loves you, and we can count on that. And so in the storm, God is with you. You can count on it and and know that God wants to redeem your story wherever it may be. He is the author and finisher. He has the pen of your life if you would give it to him, right? So let's jump into the deep end right now of the pool. I know uh, that this is just how James goes. So here we go. Here we go. I don't know about you, but uh, as, a, as a kid, I was taught American Proverbs. See, I was born in Korea, moved here as a kid, and I remember this American proverb that was taught to me at Green Bray Elementary School in Sparks, Nevada, where we, I had two best friends. One was named Kyle and another named Jeremiah. I can see their faces in my head, and I had my first crush in kindergarten. Her name was Rachel, right? But uh, but this American proverb that the school taught me was, sticks and stones may break your bones, but what? Yeah, that's right. Words will never hurt me. What a crazy saying, right? Because I don't remember many of the sticks and stones. I don't remember many of the falls and bruises, but I still remember many of the words that were spoken over me. Small words that had a way of just like souring, right? Our our, our spirit and crushing our soul and just playing games in our minds. See, it's very weird. Words like, you are so stupid. You're an idiot. You're worthless. You're fat, right? You'll never succeed racist words I don't know if you've ever had to face that or hateful words that just kind of locked in there words that echo in our mind that affect us maybe even still today for those who are hearing this maybe affecting the way you love yourself, the way you protect and isolate yourself so quickly, the way you rush into anger. Words can be a terrible thing and leave a lasting wound on us. So James is telling us be careful, especially words spoke out of anger, giving us a new proverb and saying be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. To explore this godly way of patience, perseverance, endurance that leads us to a maturity, a character change, right? Because this unrighteous anger, this human anger can materialize when our patience runs out. So, And, and, and I'm not saying all anger is wrong, right? Anger, God, it is a God-given emotion given to us for justice and for us to defend. But anger that, that is out of control can cause harm, vindictiveness, and and and, and it could be devious, leading us away from God, away from people, and away from truly seeing ourselves correctly, because we just justify it with our anger. Have you ever experienced a time when you tried to make things right out of anger, and it went even more wrong, right? Causing more hurt, division, woundedness. Have you ever won an argument with your wife or with your girlfriend, right? And didn't win the war? That's right, that's because you spoke out of anger? Me too, I was justified. I felt like, hey, I'm right, I'm gonna stand on this. Yet James tells us, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Verse 20, human anger does not produce righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your life. James is saying you better do a spring cleaning inside and outside your life, right? Do you, do you have some junk in your life that you need to get rid of? You said, oh, I need to change, right? Have you ever said that? I need to get rid of that. I need to change that habit. But guess what? It's been 10 years. It's been five years. It's been two years. And we're still doing some of that stuff. Maybe for you, man, you really need to take a tougher stand on yourself and get disciplined and get serious about change, right? About these things in us, do the cleaning in us. Maybe it's a connection on Facebook, but you know you need to let go there's a certain attraction you have towards them and you know you're married. That's right, you're married and you shouldn't be messing with that. Maybe it's an old fling, right? And and you just continue, it, it draws you in every once in a while when you're arguing. I know that's a little too real. Maybe it's a text or a note that you keep and it keeps you on the hook to an old life of yours, to an old relationship with of yours or an old time in life that you look back and you wish you had a dream that has been broken. Maybe it's a, a bottle of liquor That you've been hiding in your closet and you know you deal with addiction but you said oh that's expensive you have every excuse in the book to keep it maybe it's time to throw that away right maybe it's something you've been holding on to an unforgiveness a thought this offense keeping you from moving on keeping you stuck keeping you and you keep on falling into the same trap I call that an anchor point. A point, uh, it's something that keeps you trapped in your past to an old hurt, to an old life, to an old identity. And I believe that God today wants to set you free. But this means you gotta act, you gotta move, you gotta listen, you gotta do, right? Verse 21, so get rid of all filth. Get rid of all that evil in your life and humbly accept humbly accept the word of God that's been planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your soul. The word of God is like dawn dish soap, right? It gets rid of those tough and greasy sins, but you got to soak in the word of God. You got to let it wash over. You got to let it loosen the bonds of sin and cleanse you into the salvation of your soul, into his new life that God has for you. He has new life for you. He does. Right. And James tells us this, that that the opposite of anger is not this passivity. Like, no, I'll do whatever you want. The opposite of the anger is humility, showing us that the root of anger, we might think is this, this, this and this. But the root of anger is pride and pride always separates you from God always separates you from his presence, his voice, and his wisdom. Proverbs 16:18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. C.S. Lewis says it this way, Pride is a spiritual cancer. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. It spreads into everything killing you from the inside out and you know what's the key you know what's what can heal you humility humility is the key humility that submits to Christ unless you're submitted to Christ you cannot and you will not let him lead I'm telling you you will not especially in times of hardship humility is the key in most things and in marriage at work in parenting, in friendships, in your maturity, and especially in your life in Christ. It takes humility to listen. It takes humility to shut your mouth, to slow to anger, to be mature, to walk with Jesus. And honestly, people don't want that. Most people want the fast pass, the Disneyland fast pass to Jesus, to his blessings, his ways, his truth. But maturity only grows in the soil of humility. Maturity only grows in the soil of humility, which leads us into freedom. You don't need payback or revenge. You don't need to hold on to that offense or fall into that jealousy. In humility with Jesus, we see our own need for the grace of God. Every day that God gave his one and only son for me, he died for me so that I could live as a child of God. That's amazing. And when you start with that sort of humility, I have a reason to forgive. I have a reason to let go, not to take revenge or be offended because God has done that for me. And this is the heart that leads to gratitude and to freedom, to deeper joys and strength during temptations and trials. So I want to give you some practical ways for your Jesus training, because that's what we're doing. We're not just listening. We're training for a life like Jesus. Number one, regularly confess your sins. Keep confessing and then keep confessing. Yield to God. Pride keeps you, like pride keeps you away from God, right? Yet true repentance keeps you from pride. So confess quickly. Number two, receive correction graciously. Oh, this is a big one for me, right? It's hard. It's really hard in this culture when it's about my rights, my thing, my way. But even when you're justified, slow your roll, folks. Keep quiet and keep... That's a heart posture of humility. Number three, be quick to forgive. Don't wait in view of God's mercy, in view of the cross, in humility, run to forgiveness, right? Seek peace, especially in this church. Number four, speak well of others. And if you got nothing good to say, what the what mom say? Don't say anything at all, right? Don't talk that trash, don't gossip. Protect unity, And number five, treat pride as a cancer. You got to deal with it. You got to treat it. You got to cut it out or it'll continue to grow. Anger will grow. Vindication will grow. Blindness will grow. Rage will grow. Unless you treat it with humility, it will affect. Listen, this pride will affect every area of your life. And once again, it'll keep you from repentance. And repentance is the number one key in your walk with Jesus. It is. See, James says it this way. Verse 22. So don't just listen to God's word. You got to do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. You're going to make yourself a fool. Right? Right? For if you listen to the words and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully at the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Man, it comes with a promise. See, we have a tendency of fooling ourselves. I tell you around here, no one fools you. No one no one lies to you more than you. No one condemns you or has given you the worst advice or has isolated you or has led you into so many horrible situations more than you. And Pastor James knows this. This is the same man who denied Jesus most of his life, yet he humbled himself and God restored him fully. See, James knows all about pride and fooling himself. And then James tells us, so he tells us, allow the word of God to look into you and reflect your true self. Think about that. When you read the word of God, let it read you and reveal your true self, your intentions, your darkness, your pride, so that Jesus can set you free. See, I also have my wife, Candace. She's like a mirror. She looks into my life and she knows me. She checks me and I need this. And, and we all need trustworthy people in our lives. We need to live submitted to people who love us, but greater that love God, right? This is more than just doing church. Listen, and, and this is more than just listening to a sermon. This is called discipleship which is deeper than friendship. This is a commitment to Jesus and to one another. People who know us, correct us, love us, mature us, who are humble, and here's the key, because they love Jesus more than they love us, right? To the mature believers, you're called to be a disciple. You are. You're called to be disciple makers. You are. Listen. If you're not doing this, you already know this. You're being disobedient. There's no way around our call to discipleship. This is not for special Christians. This is for all followers of Jesus. Take Jesus at His word. Don't let your pride hold you back. Fooling yourself to believe that Christianity is just believing the right things. There's a cost to discipleship, of sacrifice, of time, of work, of submission, and pouring out of yourself to someone else, right? But there's also a blessing, you heard that, right? Of knowing Christ better, of freedom, of strength, of identity, of maturity, of eternity. The crown of life, right? So if you need help taking this next step, email us at info at or you can comment below and say, hey, I need help taking the next step. But then you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to own this And you got to live with the tension of if I'm being a disciple or not. And then take steps of obedience. So here's the warning that James gives us right here. Verse 26. And I hope it rings loud because he's saying it loud. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself. And your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphan. And the widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Really, religiosity is prideful faith. Which makes us think that we're spiritual, yet we're nothing like Jesus. A faith without obedience, no fruit to back up your walk with God. See? we sometimes we use really religious talk to justify our human anger unfiltered by true humility i don't know what james was dealing with in his church right but you see there was a group of religious christians mature in their own eyes believing that they alone stood for god so here here's james's word to them instead of complaining instead of causing a disruption or division in the house in the family of god look to the needs of the people right in front of you to the orphans and the widows and keep yourself from being polluted by by the desires of this world don't talk about it he's saying be about it don't dream about it meet the needs and let it cost you don't believe the right things do the right things james says today i leave us with a challenge what's right in front of you that you need to do that you can make a difference. The person you are called to pour into that God has already talked to you about. Right? I've been asking myself this too. What is right in front of me, John? Honestly, I've been asking God this interesting question. Maybe you can ask God too. Because people have been challenging me. People in our church. People who are generous. What, John, John, what are you going to do with this stimulus check? Right? Do I really need this check? Or has God taken care of me? And I'm not asking just to dump your check into the church. That's what I'm not saying. Candace and I have chosen to give my check away to those who need it. See, I'm not saying you need to do this. I'm saying I need to do this. Because people in our community who are taking steps of obedience and they have inspired me. And to ask those same questions. Listen. I hear people complaining about these large businesses like the Lakers getting that, getting that bailout money or that money from the SBA loan, right? And we're like, look at them. I can't believe they did that. And I understand you, I get you. But how about us? You and me, do we complain yet at the same time we don't need the money either? Maybe this is a moment you can step into doing greater good right now. Let me stop, because I can just go on. All I'm saying is this, be led by the Spirit. Don't just listen to Jesus. Obey Him. Make a plan and do what He says. Humbly ask Him, God, what do you want me to do? And humbly take a next step to do what He says. And not fooling ourselves, not walking into our pride but walking in humility. Lord, that's faith that works. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray, first of all, for repentance, Lord God. If we are away from you, if our heart is distracted, we've been in this hurry and now we're distracting ourselves with electronics and more things to do instead of just stopping and asking you, God, what do you want me to do, Lord God? What do you want me to do with my life? What do you want me to do with the things that I have in my hands, God? How can I walk with you humbly submitted to you, Lord? We repent for the sins in our lives. We repent for, for the things that are hidden in our lives that we haven't dealt with, Lord God. We repent also so Lord God, work on our humility, Lord. I believe James is really speaking into that, especially when we face trials of many kinds. Do we pop up and we say, I deserve better? Or do we say, God... Teach me, strengthen me, and draw me to you, Lord God. Speak to us in humility. And finally, Lord God, discipleship. Lord, are we becoming disciples of Jesus? Or are we just learning more things about Jesus? Disciples are those who follow Jesus and practice the way of Jesus. We do what Jesus did, and we do what Jesus told us to do, Lord God. I pray, God, let that conviction Be over us all, Lord, so that we would take one more step of not just listening, not just speaking, but of doing, Lord God, what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you and thank you. And make sure you stay connected to the, to the things, to the content that, that is being delivered throughout the week. Also make sure to get into a group. If you need prayer, please, uh, you can comment below. Or you can reach out to us at info at We love you. And thank you for listening and watching. God bless you.